All right, looking forward to another pet chat today, as always. Firstly, Cheryl Shaw is here. G'day, Cheryl. Hello, Mark. It's great to be here today. Oh, absolutely. Now, you've got a brooch. Yeah, she's yes. got a house brooch on. What's going on there? Uh, I thought we might talk about rehoming dogs today. Okay, sounds pretty good. And on the veterinary side of things, Dr. Kimberly Earle is here. Good morning, young lady. Good morning. Nice to be here. All right, so you're ready to tackle all the big questions, the Absolutely. pet questions, whatever it is, because you also be a little bit more, um, a little bit more, you know, correct than mine would be. <laughs> I got no chance. All right. <laughs> there is a phrase, you know, that is um, "fake it till you make it," and I'm sure lots of us did that when we were very first first graduated. But uh, anyway, we'll try to give truthful answers here. And Cheryl, we need to, to kick off with uh, we, we've got to match the brooch with the topic. That's right. And um, uh, rehoming pets. Yeah. And each week we have a pet of the week and um, sometimes my heart just melts and it might be a puppy and I think, oh, could I fit that one in my house? But oh, you're showing me oh, the sure. dog of the week. We, oh. I know. We'll get to Winnie a little bit later, but oh. she's a handbag dog. You put that in your handbag. Yep. Away you go. But <laughs> she's going to be really popular. But there's one thing that I want to remind people of. When you're taking on a rehome dog or a, a dog that's um, like our pet of the week, it's really important to consider that dog's entire life, not just, oh, you're feeling really warm and fuzzy about seeing that dog or that puppy, but about what's going to happen for the next however long the dog is going to be with you because we don't want to make the mistake of rushing in quickly and just because we're feeling warm and fuzzy and make a decision about that dog coming to live with you because quite often people do this they don't make all of the considerations that are necessary for that dog's life and there's things that we need to consider and those considerations are things like is that dog going to be suitable for the whole family? It may just be something that you like, but we've, if we've got a family situation, we've got to make sure that the whole family is on board with that dog. Because if you've got children and you're getting a big dog, the children may be frightened of a big dog and it may knock them over. So we've got to make sure that this dog is really going to fit the mould for the family. It makes some pretty funny videos, though, if that does happen. <laughs> the big dog mowing the kids over on the grass. But we don't want any injury, and we don't want that dog to be in trouble for doing that behaviour. Mm. So we've got to make sure that the dog is going to really fit the family. The other thing to consider is your lifestyle. How busy are you? Do you have time to give to that dog or that puppy? And in the puppy times, there's a lot of training. Often people will take on a puppy not realising just how much work has to go into it to get the ideal dog that you want. I just wonder how many people um, come through some of the veterinary clinics, Kimberly, and you've said they've got a dog. They just we can't handle this, and you realise straight from the get go you've kind of picked the wrong dog for your family setup. Yeah, it's really, really common, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I would love nothing more than people to contact us before they get the puppy and come in and have a chat and say, like, this is what we're thinking about. This is what we're looking at. This is what we're going to be able to offer this dog. We've got this particular dog or breed in mind. How do you think that's going to go? Um, because I think sometimes people have... Um, an idea of how they want to have a dog interact with their life and they say, sort of think, okay, I'd really like to have a medium-sized dog and, you know, something that's got a bit of a short coat so I don't have to do too much grooming and they sort of think, oh, Staffy, Staffies are really lovely. I see lots of Staffies down at the park and then they come in, you know, sometimes a month or two later and they go, wow, we really didn't know what we were getting into. Um, and Staffies are great little dogs, but they actually have some very um, staffy peculiarities. Or if you think about a Border Collie, Border Collies are beautiful dogs. They look beautiful. They're a really good size to have in a house if you've got a bit of a yard. 
But they're a working dog. If you haven't got the time to be taking those dogs out for long, long periods of exercise every single day, um, that dog is not going to be happy. It's not going to thrive in your life. So it's a really, really important thing to try to match the dog that you're going to get to your family and your home situation. You know, members of my family who will remain nameless decided that Border Collie was was perfect for their setup. And great Mm -hmm. dog, great with the kids, all the rest of it. However, they just lived in a standard you know, house block and um, they went to work every day and the dog would always get, it would always escape. And once it was, uh, you know, we'd get, end up in the pound, microchipped and that would ring them. Of course, my work hours seemed to finish at a time that I was convenient enough to be getting (laughs) You're the the person going to pick up the dog. I know. Um, So uh, unfortunately that dog was rehomed, went to a nice farm. They've since actually bought a giant property and they now Mm. have another border collie. So he's got plenty of room to run around, things to do. Um, I'll tell you who would be the perfect type of person to ring though, if you are thinking about getting a dog, is maybe your dog groomers because they can... People show you can pick up on the types of personalities that uh, certain dogs may have. Yeah, and this is one of the things. Some people don't consider the cost of the dog either, and mm-hmm. there's going to be costs going on with both grooming if it's a long-coated breed and also your your maintenance of, um, of feeding and, and worming and, and tick prevention and things like that, and also your veterinary. So you've just got to look at what that breed is all about because sometimes there's some dogs that are predisposed um, to certain diseases and you need to understand what they may be because they're could be you know extra financial costs in those and so all of these considerations but like you were saying Mark with dogs getting out it's really important to make sure that you've got a fenced yard if you're getting whatever breed of dog you need to make sure that it's secure because this is another problem that obviously dogs can get hit by cars if they get out they can get lost and people can be really devastated by the loss of their dog and so just making sure that the yard's secure everything's happening and, and really give a lot of consideration to all of the factors. Is the dog going to be inside, outside? Don't go changing those boundaries once you get the dog because you're going to give mixed messages to the dog as well. Yeah, well, in our case, the, the family lived right pretty much near Edgeworth McDonald's and one point he escaped. Ah. Mm. Three days later, he was discovered by some kids that were out walking in the bush near uh, the other side of West Wall's End. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they took him into the vet there and obviously um, Mark ended up having to do the his civic duty but yeah they just get out and sometimes they don't have a good end like that it can end up yes. you know wherever mm, yeah we had three dogs come into our hospital yesterday um evening and i don't it wasn't even a storm or anything because no. we often see an increased number of strays running around when you get a big thunderstorm but um yeah so it's really really common and you'd be surprised lots of people don't think that their dogs are capable of jumping over a decent sized fence you know they might have a four foot fence but dogs get out of four foot fences pretty easily so you probably need a six foot fence in some cases yeah border yeah. colleagues can get over six foot fences <laughs> <laughs> Some dogs certainly can, or they'll go under them. So, yeah, there's yeah. lots of different things to consider. Yes. Good afternoon, Mel at Belmont. Now, uh, keep in mind, Mel, that it's it's lunchtime, so we'll try not to be <laughs> as graphic as we can. But uh, along with um, the dog passing what it's passing, there's also a clear liquid in there you want to have a chat about today. Yeah, I just I was just worried because he was doing your, sort of your classic, you know, diarrheas from Saturday because he's a 12-week-old puppy so yep. he was spayed spayed on Saturday um, and then he had a couple of days um, pain relief tablets to have after that um, so he had the classic diarrhea for the first couple of days and now the the feces are a bit bit more formed but still mm. runny but then there's a really clear like liquid coming out okay. with it as well and sometimes it's only just a clear 
Yeah, okay. Clearly liquid. So if it's gone on since Saturday, we're now at Wednesday, we probably want to check back in with the vet um, who's seen him. Um, we do certainly get some, you know, stomach upset post-anesthesia in some pets, um, and hopefully your puppy is still eating and drinking and bright. But, um, you know, puppies, particularly if he's quite young, they don't have a lot of reserves. We don't want to be having them getting, di- having, getting dehydrated, sorry, um, and particularly if we've got a really watery um, sort of feces coming out. So I would check back in with your vet and see if they can give you some um, probiotics or something like that to try to help with that and just make sure the puppy is still doing all the right things. All right. G'day, uh, Jack from Newcastle. Your dog's barking all night, Jack, and probably keeping everybody up. What's happening? Yeah, g'day. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I just got a problem with my dog. He keeps barking all night and uh, I let him in the house and then when he comes in the house, he jumps onto my bed and I can't get him off the bed. It's actually come to the point where I've been sleeping on the couch for the last few nights. Oh, dear. Okay. So there's a few things with it. It's not an easy problem, I'm afraid, Jack. Um, Barking for dogs is a normal behavior. And I certainly know my dog's not much of a barker, but if she's going to bark, it's when she's outside um, of an evening. Usually I'm putting her out to the toilet before bedtime and she decides to have a little bit of a bark. And if you actually go and stand outside at night, you'll hear that there's lots of dogs barking at night. And so your dog is probably talking to the rest of the dogs in the neighborhood. Now, some of those dogs are going to be happy. Some of those dogs are going to be very sad or very distressed because they're unhappy about the fact that they're outside and your dog is trying to communicate with them or your dog might be suspicious. I know that my dog barks because we have the occasional possum in the tree and if our dog hears the rustle of the possum then that gets her um, pretty excited and she starts to have a bark from them. So Certainly bringing the dog into the house is probably the preferred option because the more the dog spends time outside, A, he's going to still want to communicate with his people, but he's probably now also getting the hang of, if I bark, then I get let in. And probably in these cold winter nights, he really wants to be let in. Um, I would try to make him a more suitable bed in your house that's not on your bed. I'm personally not a believer in having dogs sleeping on the bed because it's not good for your back or for your sleep. Um, But I think trying to find a a spot in the house where... um, you know both you and the dog find is suitable would be good um you know put him um give him a bed maybe beside the bed or um just outside your bedroom door or maybe in a laundry um there's certainly lots of really good resources about crate training and trying to get your dog used to sleeping in a nice Um, crate because I think particularly if your dog has a little bit of anxiety about him and he's barking you know in response to some of that sometimes giving them a nice um, a little den a little protected den in the house can really give them a sense of calm you don't want to just toss them in there without any acclimatization but if you go online there's great YouTube resources about how to crate train your dog Um, I definitely think it's important that you get sleep because if you're not getting sleep you're going to have a low um, level of tolerance for your dog and that's not going to be good for any in the house so um, it, it's a process you're not going to fix it overnight um, but I would definitely you know in my books I think having him in the house but probably not on your bed is probably where you want to work towards okay beauty thank okay. you very much you're very welcome Jack if all of that fails there is an option too <laughs> and that option is uh, you need to go and buy a more comfortable lounge <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good maybe a second bed me and you See, he's up there thinking. He's thinking, Kimberly. Yeah, he's thinking, yeah. Best of luck, Jack. All right, um, good afternoon, Rhonda at Warners Bay. Your sick dog, Jack. What's going on with Jack, Rhonda? Uh, earlier this year, Jack started to gag uh, just out of the blue, and um, I thought he had something stuck in his neck, so I took him to the vet, 
and they couldn't put him under anesthesia because um, they detected that his heart was failing him and that they did x-rays and found that there was fluid on his lungs. Mm -hmm. So they prescribed a medication, a liquid medication, Mm -hmm. to open the valves of his heart so we could breathe a bit better and a dry tablet for the lungs. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't improved. And um, I'm having a bit of a dilemma that I have to put him down, but I can't make the final decision (laughs) because in between he just looks at you with those big brown eyes and um, I just don't know. I don't know if I... I can say to myself I'm doubting the prognosis. Yeah. So, listen, I mean, it sounds like Jack's a fairly sick little dog. And and to be honest, um, congestive heart failure, which is probably what Jack has, is a really common disease that we see, particularly in small and medium breed dogs as they get older. It's usually caused by leaky valves. And the medications that your veterinarian uh, has put him on will be to yeah pull fluid out of the lungs um, to help him so he's not drowning okay but yeah. also to help um, optimize the function of the heart to the best of the ability that that, that heart still has mm-hmm. unfortunately Rhonda this is a progressive disease and um, all the money and drugs and treatment in the world is unlikely to turn it around we can keep these dogs going often for prolonged periods of time six to 24 to f- maybe 36 months if we're really lucky and depending on the breed Um, but they all get progressively worse and it's a really really sad thing and hard thing to watch Um, I think you know lots of dogs will do really well for a long time and then all of a sudden they just get tipped over the 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 balance just shifts and they start to decompensate and the reality is is that if Jack is in that situation he will be drowning his lungs will fill with fluid and he will um, have quite a level of anxiety about the fact that he's not able able to breathe um I can't say on on the radio I can't say if that's where he's at I think if you're worried you should always take him back up to your veterinarian and there are often things that can be done to pull them back out of that acute sort of failure stage um am I just prolonging it for him well, it, it, like I said, it's a progressive disease. We can't fix it. We can just manage it, okay? But a lot of times we can pull them back from the brink and then get them back to a point where there is a good quality of life. I can't say for sure if that's going to be able to happen for Jack or not. I don't think it's an inappropriate decision to consider euthanizing these dogs because I think um, I would certainly choose that over watching the little guy, you know, really struggle to breathe. I think that's not very kind and it's, it's very... Um, uh, anxiety producing for the dog you know he'll panic he'll be very uncomfortable but that's I not to feel say so very bad about taking his life from him yeah you know I guess the thing to think about is that he's not thinking about you know the future right we as humans we think about the future we think about all the potential opportunities that we're going to miss out on dogs live in the in the moment and if that moment is stressful and painful and um, really uncomfortable for him then you're not actually doing him any kindness by keeping him alive um, so I you know I think Rhonda it sounds like um, I think you should have a discussion with your veterinarian, with Jack there. Let them help you make that decision. Um, But I don't think there should be no guilt about taking his life because I think if he's got congestive heart failure, um, then at some point that decision is going to be in his best interest. And it's not like he's not worried about 
that particular outcome. For, for us, you know, euthanasia is not a welfare concern. It's a kindness in, in most of these cases, okay? Yes, but I think that decision least quality of life. That's right, yeah. And I think you'd be best off to make that decision with your veterinarian, somebody who can assess the actual dog. Okay. I'm what? very sorry, Rhonda. It's a really hard thing for you. It's a little bit. It is, yeah. Rhonda, all the best with that. We know that no matter what uh, she does, Kimberly, it's not going. The outcome is it's never going to be great. No, and there's there's no easy. You know, people always ask me or frequently ask me, "What would you do in this? If this was your dog, what would you do?" And I can't make that decision. Individuals have to make that decision on their own. Um, but the thing that I can always say is that. You know, for, for dogs, for our pets, they don't live for the future. They live in the moment now. And if the moment that that dog is experiencing, if the day-to-day um, struggle that that dog is having means that he's not having a good quality of life, then the kindest thing that we can do often is to make a decision for euthanasia. Um, and I know it's hard from a, from a human standpoint. It's hard for us to sort of make that decision to end another creature's life. But, um, you know... Jack, the little dog, he's not going to be thinking about, oh, I just wanted to have one more chance to run and chase a ball. You know, he's thinking like, I, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. That's mm. that's really what's going through his head. Yeah, maybe yeah. when you start to think of it in those terms, yeah, it, it yeah. can help and you get there quicker. And it's a kindness, yeah. yeah. So in URFM, we've got uh, Cheryl Shaw, of course, and Dr. Kimberly Earl. Now, a very sad um, situation for Rhonda a couple of minutes back. She's at that stage of life with um, with her with dogs, Jack. with Jack, the little dog there. And Eric uh, just wanted to ring up and say, look, um, yeah, he's been in the same boat with a little dog himself, so... All pet owners at some point will end up uh, you know, facing those decisions. Yeah, mm. and we can all relate to that and show you know our sympathy for for these situations. We've all been there, and uh, it's nice to know that you've got people thinking about you. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Still in dog world, though, it is time for our dog of the week. Okay, oh. now what do you reckon about this one, guys? Very this cute. Is Winnie. She has ears the size of an elephant. She's so cute. <laughs> she can probably hear you talking like that. <laughs> Look, if maybe a new dog in your family is on the agenda, Winnie is four months old. Jack Russell across Kelpie there. Very cute, very lovable, and loves the cuddles as well. Loves to snuggle on the couch. And uh, learn, learning about uh, crate training for bedtime. Loves to play and wrestle with some of her foster sisters. So maybe if you've got another dog in the family that uh, you know, uh, Winnie might be able to work with as well. Um, does need a bit of training, uh, but loves the food, loves the snacks at the moment. <laughs> loves the people. Loves So if you've got uh, some family there, maybe Winnie would be a great addition to your family. And uh, again, maybe uh, check out Winnie at our webpage at uh, 2NURFM.com.au. Add that little little puppy to your family. Mm, she looks pretty cute. So remember what we were talking about earlier. She's got. Did they say Kelpie? Uh, yeah, Kelpie cross Jack Kelpie, Russell. Kelpie Jack Russell. Yeah, yes. so she'll be a small dog, um, but Kelpies have a fairly high energy requirement. So it's mm. going to need an active family. So um, kids or people who you know are going to get out and really do lots of exercise with her. They're pretty intelligent dogs. So um, you know you need to keep her brain active as well as her body active as well. So so if you pick up a dog like that and mm -hmm. you realise that well yes we've got the family and everything but during the day kids are at school mum and dad are off working or whatever. What are some of the ways that we can keep our dogs entertained, the ones that need that stimulation while we're away? 
Yeah, so I mean, there's lots of different things that we can do. Um, I'm a real big um, proponent of um, feeding, making dogs work for their food rather than feeding out of a bowl. So my golden retriever really only gets to eat out of her bowl when I'm particularly late or lazy. Um, most of the time, I make her eat out of a puzzle feeder of some sort. You've obviously got to go slow with a puppy because their um, intelligence, their their mental capacity is still just developing. But using kongs that are stuffed with food, um, puzzle toys. There's lots of different things um, on the market these days where you can put food into them and instead of the dog just eating its food in a 30 second you know out of a bowl it might take them 20 minutes 30 minutes sometimes longer depending on what you're doing Um, and that's a really good way of giving the dog a little bit of mental stimulation and challenge and even though 20 minutes doesn't sound like a lot of time but that can give a dog it it does (laughs) (laughs) it can give give a dog a real sense of accomplishment and of achievement i've managed to get my food and then they'll have this sort of like a little oh god i've done some work i can just sit, sit and relax but really important, lots of chew toys, things that they're um, that are safe that they can chew on. Um, lots of other toys. We want dogs to have tug toys to play with. Um, maybe squeaky toys if they like them. There are um, places around where you can take your dog for like doggy daycare. So if you um, are a really time pressed person and you've got a dog who you don't think you're quite meeting its energy and exercise requirements, um, have a look at dog minding or dog walking services or doggy daycares. Um, obviously, the dog for a doggy daycare needs to be um, of an appropriate behavior so that it's a nice social dog Um, but there's places you can take in the Newcastle area that you can take your dog for a doggy daycare session let them burn off their energy while you're at work and then you can come home and hopefully have a dog you know who's nice and relaxed you can just sit with in the lounge room and and have a nice you know chilled out evening all right that sounds pretty good so again uh, the dog of the week Winnie four month old so only little tiny one at the moment Jack Russell Kelpie Uh, keep in mind some of the stuff that Kimberly was talking about if you want to add Winnie or a dog that will need a lot of stimulation uh, as a part of your family. 49216216, a couple of minutes left of Pet Chat this afternoon at 2NURFM. We uh, just had uh, Peter give us a call from Charlestown. I didn't want to go on the radio, which is which is fine. Um, ticks way back at the end of summer, and a few of the mates are saying, look, do you, do you still really need to you know, keep going and with the, uh, with the tick medication there. So, Kimberly, some yeah. thoughts on all of that? Yeah, so listen, in Newcastle, in the Newcastle region, Hunter region, we see ticks all year round. In fact, we had one in our clinic um, within the last week. It must have been end of last week we had a tick dog. Um, so I would absolutely recommend keeping your tick prevention up to date with your dogs and your cats. Um, we occasionally have cats that are inside cats that a tick will ma- manage to make its way in on a human or another pet on a dog, um, and the cats can still get them even though they're at much lower risk if they're inside. Um, it's August now or it's about to be August uh, and we certainly by the end of August we will start to see an increase in the number of ticks as soon as you start to get warm weather and it usually usually happens like we'll get a bit of a rain rainy patch and then about a week to 10 days later the ticks all come out and all the dogs and cats start coming in with tick paralysis we've had so much rain everything is so damp I suspect this could be a really bad tick year and remember we've got really really good new generation drugs that are super fantastic at preventing tick paralysis there's just about no reason that we should be seeing tick paralysis at all anymore on our dog and cat patients cheryl how often is it when people bring their dog in uh you know for the for the grooming in in your world there and then you go oh hang on a minute there's a tick oh it happens all the time mark and that's a really good thing with grooming the groomers are really you know looking over the dog the entire time from the bathing process right through to drying and clipping or brushing and it's so often that a tick is removed but a lot of a lot of the times like kimberly just said people are a little bit you know sort of remiss in winter yes they just go oh it's winter it's okay but no no certainly not we must make sure that we're looking after our pets 
Yeah, well, how often is it, like like you said, that's a thing that, you know, we just go through the process and like, oh, no, that problem's gone now and mm. then all of a sudden, oh, it's back again. Yeah, I mean, it never really goes Does, away no. in this region, I think. You no. know, we've we've got ticks all the time um, and we've definitely seen a reduction in my hospital anyway, the reduction in um, tick paralysis cases that we see with the newer generation drugs over the last four or five years. But um, the, dogs, the dogs and cats that come in are always the ones that haven't been treated. They haven't been kept up to date. So, um, and the drugs themselves are really safe so yeah and just on that some of the tick medications um mm. they're also doing the fleas and i have really yeah. seen over my career mm. the drop of flea um, infestations on mm-hmm. dogs and, it's, and mites yes yeah, it's really do. such a great yeah. product yeah. you know the products out there now as you're saying kimberly mm. they're just brilliant and they really do keep the fleas under control yep mm, hopefully it's not as you say though kimberly with the wet wet that we've had and it's wet everywhere so be they'll be around year. yeah Hello, uh, Jennifer Waratah. You have an issue with your Kelpie today. It's a bit active. No, I don't have an issue with him now. There's four things passed on, but I just thought I'd like to tell you. Yep. My son left me in charge of him when he moved out, which was a bit of a misnomer because he was definitely in charge of me. Yep. And he decided to suffer separation anxiety. Oh, yes. And he could get out of Fort Knox. Yep. I used to have a, a shade cloth up, chain him up, stuff tennis balls with gravy beef. He'd eat them within 10 seconds, stand on the lead and track me to my clients. Yeah, yeah. From it's suburb really, to suburb. Really common, particularly if he's got a bit of an anxiety issue, he's got some separation problems. Um, those dogs can become very frantic and uh, will do just about anything. I've seen dogs who have um, you know, damaged their feet because they've scratched their way through a door. Um, it's not an uncommon sort of thing. So, yeah. Hmm. He, he was too smart for his own good. Um, <laughs> when we could lock him inside until he'd pulled all the vertical blinds down, he'd open the wardrobe and pull out every shoe of mine to just lay on the smell of mummy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking for some reassurance. Yeah. All right. Okay. All, all the best with everything there, and uh, thanks for letting us uh, give us a bit of uh, a bit of an insight into yeah some of those active dogs, Jennifer. Look, that's mm. the that's the thing. We kind of circle all the way back to where we started. There, yep. a lot of dogs end up being rehomed because yeah. they're not necessarily the perfect fit. Mm, that's right. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like Jennifer's dog maybe had a little bit more going on than just not enough exercise. Um, I always tell people, you know, there's. There's your dog not getting enough exercise, but you can't exercise away a, a true anxiety problem. Mm. Um, just like you can't train away a true anxiety problem or behavioral problem can help, but you're not going to get rid of it just by training. So anyway, um, yeah. Great. Lots uh, lost Great. there this afternoon. We've run out, slap bang out of time. So thank you very much, Dr. Kimberly Earl. Appreciate you're your very welcome. Today. I'm going to be gone for a little while, but I'll be back uh, in about a month. Oh, okay. that's okay. And uh, Cheryl Shaw, you're not here next week either because no. the first of the month is uh, your week away from us. That's it. All right, uh, that's Pet Chat for today. A reminder, you can catch uh, the gang next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.